Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. Can you believe February is already here? We are well on our way through the month. I hope that you are having an amazing day wherever you're at. I am actually currently in Colombia. I am digital nomading down here, having an absolute blast. And I'm really, really, really excited to speak with you today and also to get into today's episode. So today we are going to be speaking with my dear friend, Millie. She is a marine biologist. She's also an avid yoga practitioner, roller rollerblader, and just really on her spiritual journey in a way that is so profound and so inspiring. We met about a year ago and we've just become really close. And she actually came down to Columbia with me before I began my solo travel about a month and a half ago. And we were able to really go deep on some topics together through a few different conversations. And I took a lot of time reflecting on these conversations as did she. And we basically just decided that we wanted to go deeper and share it with the community at Wholehearted Glow. So she is here today and we are really going to dive deep into some trauma. We're going to dive deep into how we store our emotions, into how we stay inspired as human beings, how we deal with the challenges that come with life and just a variety of topics that I think are really important if we're speaking on transformation and if we're speaking on just really shifting whatever happens in our lives to something that can end up maybe being a blessing if initially it was super, super challenging. So let's get right into it and i will see you on the other side of this episode and just a few quick announcements if you have any questions about nutrition coaching or personal training you know that i am certified in both and i would love to speak with you i'm really going deep right now on a lot of nutrition coaching with clients we're learning about behavioral habit changes we're learning about shifting our mindset so that we can lose weight in a sustainable way and just in general keeping our goal setting really on the forefront of whatever it is we're doing. So that's my focus right now with my clients and I always aim to serve. So if you have any questions about that, you can easily just head over to Wholehearted Glow Coaching on Instagram. And another thing that I'm really excited about is I have a female entrepreneur pilot group that I'm starting. So it's basically an accountability group chat that female only entrepreneurs are able to join where we speak daily on things like what's inspiring us, what are our morning routines, are they working for us, are they not working for us, are we exercising regularly, what are our business goals, what are things that we want to do and accomplish together, right? Because the reality is we're just so much stronger as a team and there aren't a lot of spaces for female entrepreneurs specifically and I want to create that safe space. So if you're interested in that, that is also able or you are also able to get into that on my Instagram. You just click my link tree, which is at the bottom of the bio and you'll see female accountability entrepreneur group. And you're welcome to just fill out the Google form and then you will be on the list. It's a pilot group, like I said, so there's not going to be any charge for it. And I'm just really excited to get a group of like-minded, conscious individuals into the space and we can just push and motivate each other, set some parameters and see what can happen. So I will see you at the end of this episode. I'm really excited to speak with Millie and let's get right into it. Woo! 
So I basically told people that you're a marine biologist, an avid yoga practitioner, and a rollerblader. Great. My <laughs> wow, I lead such an interesting life. You do. I do. Um, but okay, so basically we are here on the Whole Hearted Glow podcast. So thank you for being here, Millie. Of course. Thank you for having me, Blaze. It's really exciting. Yeah, I mean, I love the pod because, you know, it's it's not somewhere where I've got a huge following or where it's, you know, I'm not really making any money here on the podcast. But the reason I love getting on here is I just love speaking with people that resonate with the Wholehearted Glow brand community and basically just living an authentic life, right? And I feel like mm-hmm. one of the people that I've always noticed that about you from the get-go. So, like, I think one of the first times we hung out, you were, like, writing in your journal at Purple Lotus, the Kava <laughs> Ball. And I was like, this girl is legit. Full transparency, I go through spurts of journaling and then long periods of time where, you know, I, I, I don't pick it up for a long time. But, yeah. Wow. I'm... I, I always love to hear, it's always so interesting to hear, you know, how, how you're perceived because it's, it's always so different than how we perceive ourselves, right? Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's, I don't know, I think that's an interesting thing, right? Because I feel like in February, right, and you know, we've got Valentine's Day coming up and I'm kind of focusing on February this month of just being my own ally and being my own mm-hmm. inspiration and my own best friend, right? And so when we think about how that ties into our perception, I feel like sometimes we can be so critical of ourselves, but the reality is typically people see us in such a great light. And so the question is like, why are we not seeing ourselves in that light? You know? Right. And the power that we harness when we do have glimpses where we see ourselves fully and like embrace everything that we are. Um, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing really. Yeah. So what's your journey of like, self-love and self-acceptance been like for you in the past few years? I know you've been like going through a a spiritual transformation and awakening and I think that's so cool. So like what's been that journey? Like how has that journey been like for you? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot I could say. Um, I guess I would say that I first became consciously interested in what I would call like the spiritual journey or like what we think of when we say like spiritual awakening about two years ago. Um, And that happened after a breakup, which was interesting because I had never really thought that that would be the thing that would break me. Let me put it like that. Because, you know, prior to that, I had experienced many things, you know, addiction, mental illness, suicide, um, you know, eating disorder issues and and just issues with food and and self-worth and self-image and, you know, family things. I I feel like I had run through like the gamut kind of, I don't even actually know the definition of that word, but I I know the phrase. (laughs) Um, So yeah. And then it was ultimately the ending of a relationship. That was my, my turning point. I just, I think that was kind of funny, but I do think that everything that I went through prior, although not being conscious of it, was a huge part of my awakening, right? Every every piece of the story made me, you know, who I am today. And as cliche as that sounds, but 
Um, the past several, well, the past several months, I would say, let's start there. I've really been working to deconstruct narratives that I that I tell about myself, reframing, reflecting on things that that I that I had built this you know persona around. And it's interesting. I'll actually be upfront. I was binge listening to a few of the, your earlier episodes, um, and last night I was listening to your episode with Isa. And first of all, I would love to meet her. Um, she seems yeah. awesome. But yeah, you guys, you two were talking about like labels and how, you know, you fit into these labels and how you create these narratives for yourself and for your life based on these and you put yourself in these boxes. Um, And that really resonated with me as well, because yeah, I tend to see myself a certain way and always thought that I had to be a certain way and, and really just breaking through those boxes to find that place of freedom um, and fully accepting every bit of me, not only the pretty parts, not only the the parts that, that I really want to show people, but every part, even, you know, coming to talk with you today, you know, recording this podcast and, and catching up. I found myself falling into a place where I was like, you know, nervous and like, you know, wanting to be some like inspirational figure. And it's just like, no, because the things that are most inspiring to me, the people that are most inspiring to me are the ones that don't have it all together. Exactly. (laughs) But are doing it like just freaking doing it. And yeah, and, and that ties back into, you know, how we're perceived. Like I, I'm never that impressed by people that, you know, seem all seem really curated and, you know, oh, are, are doing all this and that. I'm more impressed by the down and dirty, like let's be real, um, the struggle. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said so many really awesome things. And I think the biggest thing that just resonated with me that you said is like, how can we show up and genuinely love the parts of ourselves that are maybe more in the shadows or that are more Mm. harder to look at, right? Because I feel like last year was just like my shadow year in the sense of like everything that I thought that I knew about myself and that I thought to be true, it turns out like it wasn't. And I had to really, like, I feel like I was in like the opposite corner of myself, right? Like I wasn't in my own corner. And so I wasn't looking at the shitty parts of myself or the things that I wanted to work on about myself from a place of compassion and empathy. I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like these are the shadows or these are the things that you're working through and these things are bad. Like you shouldn't be having these thoughts or you shouldn't be dealing with these struggles. Like why are you still processing trauma from four years ago, right? So I think it's really cool that you're working on that self-acceptance and that self-love and showing up in a way where you're like, okay, how can I love all these parts of myself? So if mm-hmm. you could say like, like what are some practices that you could maybe share with us about how you practice that authentic self-love so you're showing up for every part of yourself? You know, honestly, just sitting with it, just sitting in the sadness sometimes when, when that's where it's at, when that's what you've got. I think a lot of people and, you know, I'll just speak from my own experience, you know, I've spent a lot of time trying a lot of things mm-hmm. to feel anything different than the way I felt or to be anything different than where I was. Mm-hmm. And the most powerful practice recently has just been to sit with it 
when I feel, you know, what, what, and, and recently something else that, that you said that, um, you know, about, about shadows and everything. I, I've been reflecting today on just how much our psyche or our ego wants to protect us. And it's beautiful. I mean, even though it's got us fucked up, like doing like crazy, you know, reactive things, like that's survival mechanism. And it's freaking awesome, Hmm. you know, that, that our ego wants to, wants to protect us. And it's just like almost holding hands with it in a way and being like, yeah, thank you for the protection. Thank you for trying to keep me safe. Thank you for, you know, this unconscious part of me that's responding to past traumas to try to prevent myself from getting hurt again. Thank you. But I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that anymore. Um, And just really showing love to those parts of ourselves, which I guess isn't really that practical. You asked me for something practical, um, but that, you know, that's just kind of my thought process about it. That's where I'm at today. Um, yeah, I think that's super cool. Let's talk about like, what has been one of the biggest challenges in your life that you've faced and how has it propelled you and transformed you i'm really in this mindset and i feel like we're both in this mindset of transformation right now and it's like super cool so what's a big challenge that you've faced in your life that you feel comfortable speaking on that has propelled you towards something that propelled you towards a newer or different version of yourself that maybe you never saw possible i mean i've (laughs) I faced some challenges. I know, and I think that that's amazing, and that's a big reason why I'm really happy to have you here because you've been through some shit, girl. Yeah, I've been through some shit. Um, I guess I'll I'll just go for it. I mean, because this is the conversation that we were having. Yeah. About a specific time in my life is when you know you brought up the fact that you'd like to interview me. So things can get really dark really fast, but. Um, you know, something that a lot of people don't know about me and that would like never guess if they were to meet me now is my previous struggles uh, with addiction. I went through a period in my life where, uh, like kind of what I was alluding to before, where I was looking for anything that could make me feel different than what I felt. And I had experienced massive trauma um, at a young age. This was the end of high school. I consider that a young age. Absolutely. And and yeah, I, I, I really, really spiraled um, into a really dark place to uh, where I, you know, was using opiates and and just all sorts of other things. Really, um, a really, really, really dark time. You know, it's funny because you said something about, you know, processing traumas from four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm still processing these traumas from 10 years ago because, you know, at that, at that time after I, you know, got clean and, and was working through some of the like practical things that I needed to do to get my life back on track, p- part of that, again, just involved kind of being like, all right, well, I need to put some of this stuff in a box and save it for That's- later because it's just, I can't. I can't deal with all of the trauma that I experienced at at once, you know, and I, and I picked up and I moved my life and I, and I 
was able, to, gratefully able to get out of that, obviously with lots of help. And um, so, so let me go back to the question: How that's propelled my transformation? Yeah. I would say that still, for for multiple years after that, I was floundering. You know, I wasn't I wasn't living that lifestyle anymore, but I was just living slightly adjacent to it. But I, but I wasn't actively doing anything to raise my awareness, help anyone else, help myself, or, you know, wasn't, wasn't living in a place of love. It's only been the past couple years that I embarked on this journey of self-love. And when it kind of when it became apparent that I was going to have to revisit those traumas, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, I was like, really? I was like, but I, you know, I've come so far. I felt like, you know, I felt like, oh, but like I, I put in my time for that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I'm laughing because it's, it's just, you know, kind of the humor of, the universe, I would say, kind of mirrors my own humor in the sense of like really taking a step back and and allowing myself to feel some of those mm. things from many years ago that I didn't feel has unlocked levels of freedom in myself now that I didn't even, of course, didn't even consider possible. So that's been a really big transformative piece of my life and letting go of, of the shame around it, letting go of the of any sort of attachment to it, right? Forgiving myself, forgiving every piece of myself, every version of myself has really allowed me to make room within myself for the person that I want to be and where, what I want my energy to focus on. I love that. Yeah, I, I, you said so many cool things that are just, I feel so important when we're speaking on any trauma because... The compartmentalization, I feel like, is right back to what we started with speaking on, which is like that reptilian brain. It's like the ego trying to protect you. I went through a really similar experience when um, I had one of my clients who committed suicide, and I've already spoken about mm -hmm. that on the podcast, right? I basically went into this this space where I was like, I, I can't process this right now. This is too much. So I put it in a box and I became a workaholic for four months. And I was like, I'm just going to work my way through this. Right. Um, and obviously that didn't work. So then what happened was the exact same thing as you're speaking on, right? Like I had to go back and revisit all of these parts of myself and relive the trauma of what happened so many times. And I just feel like, it's so important for us as human beings and especially as women to, to figure out like, how can we hold space for ourselves? You know, especially when we're going through these experiences, because when something traumatic happens, we immediately feel like it's our fault, you know? And it's like, typically that's not the case. Right. And there's, it's subjective and then we get into duality, right? So like, it's just whatever happens is something that happens. And then it's our perception of whatever happens and how we deal with that perception. But yeah, I just think it's really important. And I really like what you said about just releasing our shame and figuring out how we can go back and revisit what we need to revisit without feeling guilty and then having that chrysalis of forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. and that's definitely been something that I've really struggled with too. I, 
I think I've told you about the radical forgiveness worksheet, but I've done it with, I'm working through some like father stuff right now. And I've actually done it with both of the father figures in my life. And I mean, talk about pulling up old stuff that you just like didn't even realize was an issue. Right. So it's like, how can we show up and forgive ourselves? And sometimes we have to take those uncomfortable steps, see ourselves as we are, and then sit with it. Like you said, and then kind of see how we come out on the other side. And I feel like that's where we're able to start really transforming, you know? The chrysalis of forgiveness is my favorite thing you've ever said. (laughs) And you've said some awesome things. So that's saying a lot, but. Okay. Likewise. (laughs) Okay, cool. So how do you feel like you've transitioned from, I know you mentioned addiction and like some of those challenges. And like when I met you, I remember you were telling me that you had just quit smoking cigarettes, which I thought was so cool and really powerful because you did it. Like you were like, yeah, like I'm going cold turkey. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause I know how addictive cigarettes can be. Um, how have you, like, I feel that you've come so far. How have you made those small steps to get to where you are now? I mean, like when we were in Colombia, we were running down mountains. We were waking up at 6 a.m., you know, eating kale and avocado toast. How have you made those small steps? And, and how can you kind of vocalize those steps to other people who might be wanting to shift their lifestyle? So recently, somebody told me something that that really stuck with me, um, and it's super simple. Pretty much everything that to me feels like this huge epiphany is always like very simple, like 101 type stuff. But when it hits you, it it really hits you. Um, And they told me that there's only two, there's only two options, right? There's only two actions. There's actions that are self-loving and there's actions that aren't. And that's it. And like I said, super simple, but for some reason that really hit me because it's like, it is those small things. It is that like, okay, am I going to, am I going to take care of myself today? Am I going to, you know, get up and, and, you know, bathe and, and go and, you know, do the small errands that I need to run that sometimes, you know, for someone with, um, from, with mental illness or, you know, even people that, that don't have, you know, the, the daily life things that are all part of self care. Like some days for me, like, answering an email that I've been putting off is an act of self-love. And so when there's things that I don't want to do, whether it's doing the dishes or, you know, whatever, I just think to myself, like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to love myself right now. I'm going to do, I'm going to do that little thing. So that's been really powerful recently. And what was the other part of the question? No, I was just asking, like, how do you kind of have created habitual practices that have shifted your lifestyle from a lifestyle of addiction where I know obviously you were able to seek help and and move out of that but then also just to where you are now and it it just seems like you've healed so many different aspects of yourself like even going back to like eating and and struggling with some eating disorder stuff too like how have you come to peace with some of that and what simple things have you done to just feel like you have that positive relationship with food? I mean, it's not a great answer, but if I'm being real, be real. A a lot of times I don't know. Like for instance, this is still something that I, I, I don't have a full answer to like the example of 
quitting um, cigarettes and vaping. Yeah. yeah. So this is <laughs> this is wild. But I had nicotine addiction for over ten years. Yeah. I started smoking shortly after I had ex- experienced um, a sexual assault, and little did I know that. I mean. <laughs> Little did I know. That's a silly thing to say. But I didn't realize at the time or really throughout these past 10 years, but I truly believe that as I worked to heal that trauma, I was able to let go of the nicotine addiction. And that sounds bananas. And that, and I don't want to be insensitive at all to anyone who is struggling with that kind of addiction because I, I really don't have an answer for it. You know, like I had tried all sorts of different things. Um, you know, all, all the things that people try to, to quit smoking cigarettes, vaping, gums, uh, you know, all sorts of different things. And the reality of what happened is that I did a meditation where I connected with my past self just before and just after she had experienced that assault yes. and was able to engage in, in some healing and some, some loving kindness towards that little girl. Um, and then I just never picked up nicotine again after that day. And I feel weird saying it. I haven't shared that story with, well, I, I shared it on Instagram. Never mind. So I did share it with a lot of people, but, but I haven't, like, <laughs> I haven't like really talked about it that much because it, it, that those kinds of like oh like and then I was healed type things don't typically resonate with me but this that was my experience yeah that was my experience wow. I, I think that that's so well thank you for sharing first of all but I think it's so cool that you mentioned that because I have always found just in my experience working with clients on behavioral change like we're and with myself too, right? Like we're on, we're also not perfect and we're also mismatched and have all these different things we're working through. And sometimes I find with my addictive tendencies, whether it be, you know, going on social media or like maybe drinking too much coffee or I always joke that I have like healthy addictions where I'm like, maybe I'm working out (laughs) because I'm like, want to get some endorphins. Right. But it's like, we're always trying to kind of fill this void, but it's like, what is that void? And sometimes I think if we're talking about shadow work and if we're talking about things that have happened to us that are traumatic, right? It's like, we're kind of trying to just heal the basis of who we are. And it sounds like that's what you were able to tap into with the meditation. And that is a literal free practice that anyone can implement in order to show themselves a little bit of love and acceptance and to then kind of create that create that space for themselves where they don't feel like they need to lean on something else and and even as it relates to food I I used to really struggle with binge eating and I remember the same thing like it was meditation that pulled me out of it because I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize that it was an issue you know and so I think just creating some mindfulness practices where we understand that we're able to meet ourselves where we're at, but at the same time, we're able to see that we don't really need to be filling any types of voids. So I think that that's really, really cool and, and super impressive. So coming out of that, you know, how do you go about setting boundaries and 
feeling really, I guess I should say, safe and held when it comes to any type of relationships that you're in, even friendships. Like, how have you transformed from that and been able to set positive boundaries? And, you know, I want to speak to those women that maybe have struggled with sexual assault before or have struggled with setting boundaries or speaking up for themselves. How do you feel like you're able to do that now as a result of healing and transforming? Relationships are hard. Relationships with ourselves are hard. And I really see that reflected in issues that I've had before. You know, after um, after sexual trauma, I I couldn't trust anyone. I couldn't connect to anyone. But I didn't realize until later that I also couldn't trust myself. Yes, connect to myself. That's the that's the part that was that was really missing. Um, you know, it, it all still feels very new to me. Um, I'm continuing to learn to navigate myself. I'm continuing to travel down the roads and sinews and streams of my own self. And that that's all that I can do. Um, I think it's one of those things. I mean, there's that whole like cliche but actually very poignant um parable about you know walking down the street and seeing a hole and you fall in you walk down the same street you see the hole but you still fall in you walk down the same street you see the hole and you walk around it and then apparently you're supposed to get to a point where you walk down a different street all right i'm not there yet but being 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 in the stage where I see the hole, sometimes I still fall into it, but sometimes I see it and I step around it. And I think I messed up saying that correctly, but I think that hopefully you got no. I I did it. That's like a that's a boundary right there, right? Like that's a way that we can be like, okay, I, I see what's going on here, and it's our patterns, right? Like I know many type of romantic relationship that I've had, I can either like walk right towards the fire, red flags are flying up, red flags are flying up. And I'm like, I'm going to walk right through it. Right. Or it's like, I can take that level of awareness based on the things that I've been through and based on the the challenges I've been through and been like, okay, I see what's going on here and I'm going to walk around it. But that takes a lot of trust in myself that something better is down the road. Right. And that's, that's so hard. And I feel like as women, I just, I really love that you said that because I feel like as women, sometimes we're kind of taught to settle. We're kind of taught to be like, well, this is all right. And like, this is feeling okay. But yeah, that's not really exactly. like, that's not us trusting ourselves and being like, okay, no, I'm going to, I'm going to set a boundary for myself, whether it be in a friendship or a relationship where like, I want something that's going to feel really good for myself and feel mm-hmm. really good for the other person. Yeah. Something else that I've been thinking of recently and this you know, for me specifically, this kind of came up as I'm talking about sex and, you know, relationships with men. But I think that this could be applied to really any relationship, friendship or or any whatever, whatever you're whatever you're dealing with. But just thinking about how often I would engage in sex with someone because, you know, I wanted them to like me or I felt some weird pressure to, or I felt like, oh, well, like that's just how people connect. That's what people do. 
those things versus how often I did it because I actually wanted to do it was mind blowing. And I mean, when I had that realization and I couldn't think of a time where I did because I actually truly wanted to, and there's a fine line between doing it because you want to and doing it because you want them to like you. And that is that one. That one got me. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Because it's almost like because we've been so heavily sexualized over time as women, even if we don't personally sexualize ourselves, we feel like it's like the thing I I can completely relate. Like, I feel like it's the thing that I have to do in order for someone to like me. And I remember we were talking about this when we were hiking outside of Bogota and I was like, yeah, I I guess I, I thought that in order for someone to like me, I had to have sex with them or like something ridiculous like that. And it's like, I've been thinking about it so much. And I, I think the same thing where I'm like, how often have I engaged in this activity? Because I felt like it was what I needed to do. Whereas I wasn't thinking about, is this what I want to do? So I think it's really cool that you're kind of coming at it from that place, especially after what you've been through and the challenges that you faced in that regard. Okay, so I have a question that I would love to ask you. What do you wish you could tell yourself five years ago about where you're at now or about anything in life that you feel like would be beneficial to your growth and to your development? This is one that, you know, you you had sent me a few things to think about. This is one that I, I I didn't spend time thinking about because it's a really, it's a challenging question. What's coming up and, you know, it's one of those things, there's not going to be a perfect answer. I'm probably going to think of something different, you know, 10 minutes from now that I'm like, oh, I should have said that. But um, what's coming up for me, first and foremost, I'll just share is to let go. Ooh. To let go. Goosebumps. You know, it's, it's a really tough one. And especially because for a long time, I mean, well, first of all, I wasn't, I wasn't even aware of all the things that I was holding on to, you know, kind of like you know, we were saying earlier, like, you know, we're all carrying around so much trauma and, you know, big, small, conscious of it, not conscious of it. Like we're, we're carrying around a lot of stuff. And I had always had this false idea that like, you know, to let something go meant to say like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. But that's what letting go meant. That, okay, I accept it wasn't a big of that big of a deal. Okay, whatever. I let it go. And so I was clinging to so many things so hard because, because they were big deals. And so there couldn't let them go. But recently having a realization that letting it go doesn't mean that it wasn't a big deal or that it wasn't valid or that it didn't happen or that it was okay. Letting it go is me choosing myself and I choose to let it go because I love myself. It's nothing about the experience or about the other person or, you know, it's only about me. Letting it go is for me. And also the difference between letting it go and letting go, you know, there's just like freedom and letting go and um, embracing the unknown with open arms and all sorts of other um, things I could say. I feel out of breath. I feel like, because it's just like, it's exciting. It really is. Um, and I never thought I would be here in so many ways, 
but also was reflecting today on the fact that like you're never gonna feel like you're here, right? I mean, <laughs> you're never gonna feel like you've made it. You're never gonna feel like, oh yes, I've done this and now I'm, you know, prepared for whatever. Like you're never gonna feel that, but you are. You are here, and you are exactly where you're supposed to be. <laughs> like it, you came that far. To yeah. Say that. Yeah. It's like yeah, the the power of letting go. That's 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 definitely a big one that I feel like you and I are both working on. And I just feel like everyone just around us and in our environment is, is working on. And it's, it's really powerful because like you said, it, it helps us embrace the unknown. Cause I find when I'm holding on, I shell up. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll, I'll, I'll think about like, you know, if we're talking about breakups, like a breakup that I went through and um, <clears throat> it was a long time ago. It was almost four years ago, but I didn't really process it until a year ago. So I, I say it's like a, a later processing, but anyways, um, when I find myself holding on to it, I'm like chilling in my bed, like getting nostalgic and, um, you know, maybe like going back through memories and it doesn't really, I, I think like you said, it's good to sit with it, but at the same time, we have to meet ourselves in a place where we're able to be present and be like, okay, this is something that I went through and something that happened, but I'm ready to like break out of my shell. Right. And like be that butterfly. And I think that that's super important. And that's kind of how we let go and embracing the unknown of, I don't know. I I think sometimes too, in our society, everything is so kind of like done, 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 done. Like we try to plan and we try to like program everything for me because I'm type A. Everything that's going to happen in my day, right? Or like work, school, I don't know, family, food, go to bed, wake up, repeat. But when we embrace the unknown, that's a sign that we're kind of letting go of the past things so we can offer new things into our lives. So we're not like shelling up in our rooms being like, or wherever we may go, um, kind of digging ourselves into the past. So I really like that. And I think that's an important lesson for anyone is just figuring out like, what can we do to start to feel like we're letting go and how can we then open up to the new world? Right. Cause that's the next, that's the next step, right? It's like we can process and then we can start to move on and then we can let go. But then where do we go from there? Right. And I do think that this process has to be handled with so much gentleness, like, that's been the word for me that's been really resonating. Um, Gentleness. Um, Because it's not like, it's not going to be this like one and done shaboom. I let it go type thing, you know, like for me at least, like I feel like I'm peeling back layers and um, slowly, slowly shedding. But I, I love that at least I don't believe that, that my consciousness or, you know, that the parts of me that are watching out for me, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't believe that they will let me experience more than I can handle. They won't let me bite off more than I can handle. And I really lean on, on those notions as I'm working to let these things go is like, okay, the fine balance between like not rushing your healing but also loosening your grip just enough that you can drop bits of it that that aren't helping you. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And, and then I feel like that kind of gets us into a little bit on like limiting beliefs and Mm. another piece, right? Because sometimes we come at these things that we're processing and we don't even realize that there's kind of like a mind block there that we didn't even know was there. And then we're like, well, why am I not able to like, let this go? So I think approaching it with gentleness is a good way to kind of discover and sit in a seat of awareness of like, okay, what's really going on here? And then how can I gently shed that and, and pull that away? So that's- I love that you use the word discover because I, I don't tend to think of it like that, but the journey of healing is an exploration, right? It's a chance yes. to discover, it's a chance to know ourselves better. Like, ooh, I love that you use that word. Yeah, and, and when we're coming at it from a place of awareness, then we're just kind of like, oh, like I, I'm seeing all of these things that are coming up here. Didn't even realize that was happening because that's kind of what started happening with me like a year and a half ago when I started processing a lot of stuff is I, I get a lot of visions. So it's just constantly getting like visions, flashbacks, memories, like, visions of the future visions of the past and just being like "Hmm, this is interesting and like discovering what's going on and what's coming up so i like that and i feel that that's something that people can easily do without judging themselves and they can do it in a gentle way so that's that's super cool okay my last question is what is inspiring you these days like what's what's motivating you right now what's inspiring you well number one is women I'm just inspired by badass women who, I mean, like I said earlier, just people that are, I feel like there's this collective energy, this creativity, this like, just like raw force that I'm seeing in a lot of my, a lot of my friends, a lot of people close to me. And, um, you know, I don't want to like exclude anyone, but uh, they are all women. So um, just that like feminine, powerful, prowess, primal energy. Um, I've been feeling a lot of lately on a more practical note. Sure. I've been really, really inspired by vulnerability recently. Um, Ooh, I'm loving this. Yeah. It takes so much strength. It takes so much courage. And I recently had probably the most intimate experience I've had with another person in a long, long time. And it was just all, it was just all raw vulnerability. Um, And I love how vulnerability is contagious almost, or, you know, has like a, it has an effect. It has, um, you know, when someone is brave enough to be vulnerable, it kind of starts seeping into everyone else around. Um, So that's been inspiring me to continue to tap in, take every opportunity I can to connect, even if I don't really feel like it, even if I don't think it's going to matter. It does. Absolutely. Yeah, I think really power to the to the women rising and that is really a big forefront of wholehearted glow and something that just as it's grown and as it's evolved and as i've been on my journey and as you've been on your journey i just i'm continually so impressed and so humbled by literally every single woman around me and just seeing and understanding all of the things that they carry and i'm just i'm just 
in awe of all of these mm-hmm. women around me. Like it literally comes down to even like the person in the hotel that I'm living at who's sweeping the floors with such grace and beauty, you know? And mm-hmm. like, it doesn't matter what we do as women. I feel that there's this energy that we're, we're coming up on something really big. So I love that you said that. And also just being vulnerable. I mean, wow, what a really important thing and, and a good full circle for us, especially as we've experienced everyone who's anyone who might be listening and especially you and me or anyone, right? Like we've all been through it. And I know that when I was going through it, I was like, don't fucking talk to me. Don't touch me. Don't get near me. That was the wall that I put up. And now I feel like you where I'm, I'm finally in that space where I can be vulnerable and be intimate, whether it be just vocally with someone or whatever it may be. And I think that's an important message for everyone. So thank you so much for sharing that. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, All right. Well, it's been amazing having you on Miss Millie. Where can people connect with you? Give us your IG handle girlfriend. All right, you know what it is. Let's do it. It's I'm Millie. I'm Millie. Hey. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. I'm so glad to get to connect with you from across the sea, yes. down under. Down under. Um, <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much. I feel so honored that you wanted to interview me. Like, this was really, really special. Yeah, dude. I mean, for me, it's one of those things where it's like, you have a story and like your story really matters because it it impacted me in a positive way. So if it impacted me, I can only imagine how many other people it could impact. And mm. like, fuck yeah, dude. So I'm happy you were able to like take the time. And I know it's like, you know, we're both busy and there's a million other things we could be doing, but I really think as women, we've got to share our stories and we've got to talk about these things because we're not the only people going through this stuff. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon. Bye.